Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. You may be seated. Uh, There's a great uh, legend in uh, Sunday school history of a Sunday school teacher who um, opened up her lesson by asking the kids what is... uh, uh, little and uh, furry and has a bushy little tail and long floppy ears and uh, buck teeth. And uh, a little boy in the Sunday school class, his hand immediately went up and uh, he said, well, it sounds like a rabbit, but since we're in Sunday school, the answer must be Jesus. And so uh, <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to Jesus, There are, I love this. The other crowd had just dudded that one. So, but I was like, have you all heard this one? But anyway, but uh, when it comes to Jesus, there are a lot of images that can come to mind. Jesus, you know, the healer. Jesus, uh, the king. Jesus, the judge. Jesus, the bunny rabbit. But uh, despite that, um, and today is the feast of the good shepherd, uh, the fact that shepherds, um, that the idea of Jesus as shepherd is an extremely comforting image, isn't it? Despite the fact that shepherds were always the lowly position in Israel, the importance of shepherd imagery runs throughout the Old Testament. It's the image of God. You know, Psalm 23, the most beloved of the Psalms in the Psalter, it begins, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want... David, the great and ideal king in the Old Testament history, is uh, referred to as the shepherd of Israel. The religious leaders of Israel at the time are referred to as the shepherds of Israel. And here today, Jesus applies it to himself. I am the good shepherd. This is a comforting and, uh, and uh, gentle and this is probably the most intimate of the I am statements of Jesus. In John's gospel, he has these I am statements. And he says today, I am the good shepherd. You know, Most youth and family ministry experts agree that young children find the concept of a shepherd and his love for his sheep absolutely enchanting. And one of the oldest images that we have of Jesus is from the third century in the catacombs of St. Callisto in Rome, and it's an image of Jesus as a shepherd. Even if you're a tenderfoot and know nothing about shepherding, I mean, my motto is chalices, not calluses. This, uh, this, uh, this statement of Jesus, I am the good shepherd, is a wonderful image that Jesus gives to his disciples and all of us. Jesus is the good shepherd, and we are the sheep of his hand. And know that today you would hearken to his voice, to quote the Vanity. However, that's also the rub, isn't it? If he is the shepherd, then we are the sheep. And despite all the cuteness that comes with it, uh, to be called a sheep is not all that flattering. The next time you're procrastinating at work and are on YouTube, uh, type in two words, lamb fail or sheep fail. And the number of videos uh, that come up is just astounding with their heads stuck in fences, uh, sheep falling off cliffs, running off cliffs. I mean, these creatures, when you watch enough of these videos or if you know anything about sheep, they need 24-7 hour care or uh, they basically die from being sheep. 
And so this analogy that Jesus takes, it's true, it's true, to, it's true to life. I mean, we will drink from every putrid pool and eat every deadly weed of false doctrine that's out there, just as long as it makes us relevant and cool with the culture. We butt heads with one another. There's one video I saw, and uh, this lamb has his head stuck in the gate. All he has to do is just, like, walk around, but his head is stuck in the hole, and he's trying to climb through with all of his might through this hole, but his, only his head will fit, and the shepherd is trying to get him out and just guide him out. And, I mean, the, the lamb, the more the shepherd tries to guide him out, the more the lamb resists, and finally the head pops out, and the lamb just, like, walks around into safety. But it reminds me so much of life stubbornly insisting on going straight forward, never considering the hand of the shepherd. Sheep can get lost. There's one video of this sheep that was like lost for three years and they finally found him in New Zealand. And he's like just covered in wool. You know, the wool and he's, his, his legs are just, they can barely hold up. They can't anymore. The burden of himself. And how many of us are like that, carrying burdens and burdens and are being crushed underneath the weight of it? They go off on their own and they just become lunch for predators. I obviously watched a lot of YouTube for this sermon, but, uh, um, uh, but the analogy, the analogy is true. At least it fits my life. And this is my first point. Jesus is the good shepherd. And indeed, to be a lamb is cute and it's comforting. But the analogy actually works when I realize who I actually am. I am a sheep. Who just, I'm a lamb who just doesn't need help. I'm a lamb who just doesn't need to get by with a little help from my friends. I am a lamb that is in desperate need of saving My head is stuck in a hole and I am pushing forward with all of my might. I am a lamb who needs a shepherd. And without that shepherd, I die. In those days, vocations, especially sheep herding, was hereditary. It was passed down to the children and large flocks were often broken down into small flocks and they were managed by sons. However, if you had more sheep than sons, while good, it was risky business because you had to hire hirelings. You had to hire hired hands to work the flock. And the problem with that was is that uh, when uh, the sun set and night came about, that's where uh, sheep herding became deadly business because that's when predators come out. That's when thieves come out. And this was the point when the hireling had to ask the profound question of whether the sheep were actually worth it. And obviously, most of the time, it wasn't the case. Because a hired hand, he left it because he ultimately had no stake in the flock. In our gospel reading today, Jesus contrasts himself as the good shepherd with the hired hands. Because our text today in John chapter 10 is a continuation of a cantankerous conflict between the religious leaders of Israel, the false shepherds, the Pharisees and the scribes, and Jesus. In the previous chapter, John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man who's been blind since birth on the Sabbath. 
And the Pharisees, they go berserk. Who is this man that healed? You, you weren't really healed. This is a con. And they attack him. And then they pester and terrorize his parents, his elderly parents. And then finally they grab him and they say, you know, we know Moses. We know Moses. You don't know God. Get out of here. And they throw him out of the synagogue. And then there's this amazing tender scene at the end where Jesus approaches the man who now not only sees with his eyes, I mean, the healing is a confirmation of the message that Jesus preaches because now he sees with his heart. And he tells Jesus that, Jesus asks him, do you believe? And he says, absolutely, I believe. And the Pharisees overhear this and they're like, oh, so are we the bad guys? And Jesus essentially says, yes. You think you see, but you are blind. So when Jesus now, picture this now, get it out of the Sunday school cartoon context and put it where it belongs in its earthy sense. When Jesus speaks of hired hands, he is referring to these religious leaders. He's referring actually to any religion, any system, any sort of thinking that it does not take into consideration the sheepish and helpless nature of human beings, the bound will of all of us. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, what they simply did was as they beat people over the head with religious rules and regulations. Do this, don't do that. And they did nothing to guard the people against the wolves of religion and that self-centered way we have of being our own gods. In fact, the Pharisees and the scribes were the victims of that. And it's the same today. I mean, we have religion light out there, you know, just do your best and God will do the rest. You know, God helps those who help themselves. Yes, yes, Jesus died for you, but now get it together. And here's seven ways to help you get better and be a more self-actualized follower of Jesus. And hired hands, they use the law to accuse and condemn And what ultimately happens when you're not following this system, if you don't look cool enough, if you're not inclusive enough, if you're not open enough, if you're not relevant enough, pretty soon, well, you don't fit in with the flock around here. I remember one time someone said, you can't be a Christian, you're a sinner. And I said, that's why I am a Christian, because I am a sinner. You need to shape up. It's time to improve yourself. Earn your way back into the flock. A member of the flock actually does this. And this is my second point. Hirelings. That's what it is. It's a religion of do stuff. A religion of self-improvement. What would Jesus do is the religion of hirelings. It ultimately only demands your life from you. All of your life. Jim Monroe, every Christmas, gives me demotivational posters, a calendar, and, uh, and uh, it is amazing. Uh, April, a couple of years ago, had the Aztec Temple of the Sun, Tehuatihuacan, and on top of it, it said religion. And down below, it said, all we want is your heart. <laughs> Let me be clear, just in case anybody has any confusion on this. 
Any religion that puts the emphasis on the giving of your life, any religion that puts the emphasis on the giving of your heart, you, 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 Jesus, you, 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 is a religion of death and will only leave you in the hands of the wolves to die. Never forget that. Jesus says in our gospel reading today five times, and it's not even the entirety of the the teaching, but five times in our little section of John 10. I lay my life down for my sheep. And what Jesus is referring to here Well, he's foreshadowing his death, but what he is referring to is the practice of real shepherds sleeping at the opening of the sheep pen. The way sheep pens were set up in those days is that they were really high walls, and there was a narrow entrance, and the sheep would go through that narrow entrance, and then the shepherd would stand there, and at night, that's where he would sleep. This is why Jesus also says, I am the door. This is what he's referring to. I am the door. And so the sheep pen, you literally had to get over the shepherd. The shepherd's sleeping, or maybe the shepherd's dead body to get to the sheep. And now we, the sheep in the pen, Jesus dead on the cross, risen, ascended, is the good shepherd. And he willingly, this is this whole nonsense, well, you know, I don't like the cross and penal substitutionary. You can't have a gracious and inclusive religion without a crucified Savior. You cannot. And Jesus willingly, he says, lays his life on his own accord, by his own power lays it down for the sheep. Never forget that. You are the sheep who have been died for. Your sins have been atoned for. And the law and its accusation cannot get to you because the crucified Christ stands in its way. So while false religion has you at the center, true religion, Christianity, has Jesus, the good shepherd, who lays down his life for his sheep front and center. Think how powerful that actually is, that the good shepherd lays down his life as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he is not simply Israel's, but the world's shepherd. He's not simply the savior of a chosen few, but of the inclusive many. And this is why the atonement is at the center of our faith. Because without it, all you have is law. All you have is accusation. And this is my third point. This self-sacrificing, self-giving love is what sets Jesus apart in the world of religion. Every religion has the golden rule but only Christianity has the gospel. Religion is full of examples to follow, paths to explore, you know, ways to enlightenment. But there is only one who lays down his life even for those who were not following him, 
for those who hated him, and yes, even for those who are his enemies. And that's where the rubber of the gospel hits the road in your life today. Because you are those other sheep who did not belong to that fat fold. But you were that one sheep whom Christ left the others to go after. And now here, about to partake in the supper, there is rejoicing in heaven. Because you and I who were once lost have been found. And we've been brought into the fold. And to bring in another great I am statement of Jesus, I am the vine and you are the branches. You've been grafted into that true vine. And now here, and always, because of Jesus, you bear fruit that lasts. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.